I didn't start off nervous, um, but the more I got asked, hey, I heard you're preaching Sunday, you nervous? <laughs> no, hey, I got a text message that said, praying for you, don't be anxious, I get it. Uh, and then recently, uh, you nervous? Yeah, well, you should be. So um, we're going to start today off. Uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm not the, the usual preacher, uh, that's Pastor Matt. Uh, I'm an elder here, have been for the last uh, four years, and uh, if you're wondering how I got up here, I can tell you. It was a tricky game of Would You Rather, which if you're not familiar with the game, you just get two options and you're supposed to pick one, and I get this text message from Pastor Matt. It said, would you consider preaching on Sunday, July 22nd, or would you rather light your hair on fire and jump into a diesel tank? So... I've been burned before, so it, I know it stings, so I'm going to preach instead. Um, like I said, I, I've been helping with the, the youth group for probably the last five years, um, and I wanted to set up the proper expectations of how today will go. I think expectations are good, even in uh, marriage counseling, usually you have expectations of how things will go once you get married. Uh, Karen and I weren't fortunate enough to go through uh, those counselings. So when we got married, I thought I'd just go to work, come home, and she'd take care of everything else, and uh, like a maid or whatever. But I've been redeemed. God has opened my eyes to that. Uh, so that's good. Also, when you have expectations with kids, uh, you know how things are going to go. This is how meal time is going to go. This is how we're going to do bedtime. Uh, this is how we're going to do discipline. And when you have that kid, it goes out the window. So I wanted to make sure we have the proper expectations. So even though I look a lot like Pastor Matt, I uh, will be doing a, a few things that are a little different. Um, one, like I said, I'm used to talking to high schoolers. So if you don't get an analogy, ask uh, somebody that's younger sitting next to you what I'm talking about. Uh, next you won't be learning any Hebrew today because I don't know Hebrew. I didn't go to seminary. I think Shalom might be one, though. Is that right? Is that Hebrew? So scratch that. You are learning Hebrew today. Um, and my wife tells me that I need to tell people that I'm kidding a lot because sometimes I will joke with somebody and forget to tell them I'm kidding. So you're going to hear probably a little bit of sarcasm throughout the talk today. Uh, lastly, you're probably going to get out here a little earlier because I am a little nervous, and when I'm nervous, I talk fast. So, uh, And if none of that sounds good, you can always come back next week, and Pastor Matt will be here. But um, I guess before we get started, can you join me in some prayer? Lord, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a big deal to, to talk about what your word says, and I don't want to screw it up. So I just ask that uh, you're with us today, um, that we can go through this scripture and uh, see what it says um, about what, how you tell us that we should live life. So uh, we love you, we thank you, in your name we pray, amen. So um, today I wanted to talk about something that I think our, our community is very familiar with because it's an agricultural community. Um, where we have market swings that can, that can swing because of the weather, can swing because of how we're getting along with China or not, or maybe even the latest tweet from our president. Uh, so I think that we are no strangers to risk. So today, if this thing works, doesn't work. Sam, you want to help me out? Risk management. 
is what I'm going to be talking about today. Now, just to be clear, I'm not going to be talking about risk management to do with business or finance. I didn't study either one of those, and you probably shouldn't take advice from somebody who thinks a good retirement plan is selling eggs. So, <laughs> we're going to deal with, with risk, excuse me, at risk as a whole in the Bible, living as a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, that's, that's okay, that's good you're here, um, but these are the resources that are available to us. So these are the four topics I'm going to try to go over today. When is risk okay? Who should take risk? Who can help? And unavoidable risk. So I think it's good for us to first define risk so we're all on the same page. I stole this definition from John Piper, so I'm not going to take credit for it. It is, uh, risk is an action that has the potential of injury or loss. So risk is an action that has the potential of injury or loss. Or loss. So now uh, we know what the definition is. Let's go ahead and, and start. Um, as far as following along with Scripture, I don't have um, uh, one passage we're going to be going over. I have a bunch of them, so I'm just going to throw them up on the screen, and I'm sorry. Uh, you're just going to have to follow along that way. So when is it okay? When is risk okay? Risk is okay when you don't risk your own stuff, right? Um, when you don't risk your own stuff, so let's see what the Bible says about our stuff. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Uh, next, we have Deuteronomy ten fourteen, that says, To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. And then we have 1 Corinthians ten twenty six, For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I think our earthly perspective sometimes makes us believe that the stuff we have is, is because we've earned it. Uh, we have worked hard enough, and that's why we are where we are. And, and, and don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying we don't work hard, because I know we're, we're an agricultural community, and we really like to work hard and, and make sure that we get things done. But I think when we start thinking uh, that we are where we are because we worked hard, we're wrong. Um, and you, you can see this simply by, you know, if you were here for the, the Kazakhstan um, slideshow that Jay and Crystal did, uh, 90% of your, your wealth or, or what you, where you are in life is, is simply where you're born. If you have a roof over your head, if you have running water, shoes, and stuff in the fridge, you're already amongst, uh, or you're richer than 75% of the world. Uh, so, so where we're born. Uh, so, so the Bible says that everything in the world is the Lord's. And he gives away, uh, gives and takes away as he wishes. And I think, uh, again, we can see this through, if we get a nice two-inch rain, thing looks, everything looks awesome. And all of that can go away with a, a nice uh, nasty hailstorm. So it becomes far less risky uh, when we realize that we don't actually own the stuff that we own. Uh, we are just caretakers of that stuff for a, a short period of time. So first we have uh, risk is okay when it's not your stuff. Next we have risk is okay when it doesn't affect your life. So Matthew ten thirty nine says this. It says, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So again, I guess it depends on how you define life, right? I think we can probably split life or the definition of life in three different categories. You have your, your cultural life, you have your physical life, and then you have your spiritual life. 
So your, your cultural life can be defined by um, the fun you might have, like, hey, man, just get a life. Just, just get a life. Or, or your life's work, it can be, uh, your life can be defined by your, your occupation or your net worth. You have your physical life, which is, is basically whether you're breathing or not. Um, but our spiritual life is defined completely different. The Bible states that, that uh, you can find life in a faith in Jesus. And when we define our life in, in success or oc- our occupation or reputation or even our health, uh, we believe that we can lose that stuff and we're right. We can lose that stuff. Um, but the Bible is very clear that our spiritual life, once we have a faith in Jesus, cannot be taken away from us. Um, and we, we can see this in Romans eight thirty eight through 39 For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And when people or or our environment can't take something away from us, it is impossible for us to risk it. So, our, our cultural lives and our physical lives, yes, we, we are able to do that. But Jesus even states in, in Matthew 10 that if we give up things in our physical life and our cultural life, that our spiritual lives can become more fulfilled. And, and he rewards us, or he promises us rewards um, in eternity, but we also can be rewarded on this tide of eternity uh, in our physical life. So, Lastly, we can, risk is okay when it's only for a short period of time. So in James uh, chapter 4, 13 through 14, it says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So risk by life's very design can only happen for a very short period of time. And now I thought I was going to have to explain dew to everybody because during this time of the year we usually don't get a whole lot of moisture and, and dew is something that you have if you have moisture in the air but the Lord has blessed us with some rain so we're able to see this that dew appears in the morning and is gone in the morning. Dew is supposed to be a reminder to us of how short life is in compared to eternity that it's here in the morning and then gone in the morning. So that even if we take risk, like I said, if we compare it to a timeline of eternity, uh, it, it can only be for a short period of time. So that's when risk is okay. Who should take risk? I'm just going to go over a, a, probably a couple characters that you're very familiar with. First one's Abraham. He risked his, his legacy ba- back in biblical times. Even now, I would say passing on your name was a very uh, big thing. And him not having a child at 80 years old well, was a big deal. And God promised him that he'd be a father of many nations. Um, so he finally got his son Isaac, and, and, and God said, You know what? I want you to go up and I want you to go up a mountain. I want you to sacrifice him. Um, and Abraham was obedient. He went to the top of that mountain, and he was about to, and God. Uh, found another way so they didn't have to, but he was willing to risk that legacy. And Abraham li- risked his life throughout uh, the Old Testament as well. 
We have Moses, right? He was raised with the Pharaoh. He lived a, uh, lived a life of luxury. Um, he, he gave up those things to, to scatter off to the wilderness um, for a while. And then God called him back to, to help set his people free. So if you know anything about politics back in the day versus now, if you go to somebody in authority with an authoritative voice, it went bad for you. But Moses went to the Pharaoh, and, and if you know the story through the Old Testament, uh, asked for Pharaoh to let his people go. So he risked his life multiple times. We have Noah. And his reputation, and when I was thinking about this, it's kind of funny because um, sometimes when we think about when Noah was supposed to build the ark, that it maybe took not as long as it did. You know, maybe people mocked him for five to six months, but Bible uh, scholars would estimate that it took Noah about 20 to 40 years to build the ark. So that's a lot of time for people to be able to be mocking you and going, man, you're crazy, or every time it rains and doesn't flood, like, oh, you missed it again, Noah. Uh, but he was, he probably, his reputation was ruined uh, by the time he got that boat built. So we jump to the New Testament, we have apostles. We have apostles that gave up their careers, their livelihood uh, to follow Jesus. They risked that part of their life uh, to be able to serve Jesus, um, and then after uh, they were given the great commission to spread the gospel, they risked their lives, and a lot of them lost their lives uh, for the sake of gospel. So they were no strangers to risk. Lastly, um, we have probably one of the, the riskiest guys that, that walked the face of the earth was Paul. He was no stranger to risking his life, and, and it, was, it was so intense that they actually recorded it in the Bible so I don't have this on the screen, but I will read it to you. Second Corinthians eleven twenty three through twenty seven says this. This is Paul talking. He says, "I have been in prison. I have received uh, the thirty nine lashes five times. I have been beaten with rods. I was stoned three times. I was shipwrecked, lost at sea." I faced natural dangers from rivers and financial dangers of robbers. I have been threatened by my own people, the Jews, and by others, the Gentiles. I have faced dangers in the cities and in the bleak desert. I have worked hard. I have had sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, and I have been cold and not enough clothes. So if we we look at believers through the Bible, Old and New Testament, you would probably come to the assumption that, that we should risk. As believers, I think we're called to risk. We're called to risk things that our culture would perceive as our own, whether that's our money, our reputation, our emotions, even our lives. Um, so we have this risk, but sometimes throughout the Bible, they're called to take the risk, and sometimes they're called to flee, and it's really hard to tell the difference between the two. Sometimes uh, the apostles would, would stay there, and they would take their beatings, and sometimes they would say, this is a bad idea, we should get out of here, and they book it. So what do we do in those cases? Sometimes we have decisions that are very hard for us to decipher, you know, whether it's uh, a financial risk that we should take. Maybe it's switching jobs. Maybe it's to have another kid or have a kid. Maybe it's to move or take on different responsibilities. And there's no concrete answer in the Bible to, to be able to say, you know what, this is what Josh should be doing with his life at this moment in time. Um, and usually as believers, you know, uh, the decisions aren't between 
good and evil. Because as believers, we, if we, we've read through our Bible and we've, we've figured out how Jesus lived his life, we would know the difference between good and evil. But most of the decisions are between good and good. Okay, should I work more at the church or should I spend more time at home? Should I, you know, and, and those are the decisions that we're trying to figure out um, or if there's a risk that we should be taking. And I think that God has given us some wonderful tools. So here's a couple of them. I think there's help from God and then uh, a God and the Holy Spirit through prayer and, uh, and old people. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> Deuteronomy 32.7 says this, Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you. Your elders and they will explain it to you. Now I'm not saying that counsel from any older generation is always good. But I am definitely saying that we can learn from the experience. And you can see this in the Christian life and the non-Christian life. There are things that work sometimes or, or never work. And there are things that work. Uh, and you can see this and it doesn't even have to be in a biblical context. Um, I think, though, that there's, and there's even a saying, it's not biblical, but I, th- I believe it has biblical overtone to it, that says, if there is one thing that we learn from history, is that we do not learn from history. I think this is true. Sometimes we can find ourselves in situations that are unwise simply because we wouldn't take advice or hear the wisdom from our older generation. But wisdom has to come from the right person. To make sure that you're asking the right people, the right answer, the Bible tells us where to find wisdom. And that's Proverbs 9.10. It says, Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Finding advice from a person that is experienced and fears the Lord should be our first choice. And I, I praise God for this because I feel like we have an incredible resource just within our church community of an older generation that fears the Lord. And I've used this resource multiple times, and I think if anybody is looking for that resource, there are more uh, than enough people that would love to help. So we have the older generation. Then we have prayer. Prayer, I believe, is our essential foundation as a Christ- or in our Christian life. I'd even go as far as to, if your prayer life is hurting, so is your growth uh, in Christ or as a Christian. Prayer is, a, is um, something that we can go to, and it, it's awesome because we can do it anywhere, uh, we can do it at any time, and we can do it about anything. It doesn't require the right set of words, it just requires us to talk to God. And we talk about that more into our, our intro to the Berean Fellowship. And our earthly father is much different than our, our, our heavenly father. Our heavenly father continually tells us, come to me, bug me. I want you to be able to tell me everything about your life. How is it going? Do you, are you disappointed? Are you happy? Let me know. Whereas if you have a question about life, sometimes maybe your earthly father would say, ask me one more time and see what happens. So they're, they're much different. Uh, the other thing that's cool about prayer is that sometimes we pray and, and our communication with God is asking a question and then 
waiting for an answer and hearing an answer. And sometimes prayer is us asking and we don't get a specific response. We, we, do, we don't know what he's trying to lead us, but prayer is a communication that God promises that he hears. So, if you don't hear an answer, we can always end with, hey, I don't know what I'm doing down here, but I know you're in control, so pre- please guide me through this, whatever that decision or risk may be. <clears throat> There is risk, though, that the Bible is very clear about. Oh, we missed our scripture. Unavoidable risk. I think there's two of them. I would say there's a minor and kind of a major. The minor is, um, as believers, we are called to be in relationships with believers and unbelievers. Um... And you'd say, is this risky? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Uh, relationships are risky. You can be hurt. Um, They require you to forgive. They require you to give up your time. And we're we're still called to do it. I mean, relationships, uh, sometimes you can find yourself in a risky situation because... Maybe you're, you're hanging out with new people or, or maybe you're hanging out or not hanging out with those people any, anymore and sometimes you pursue relationships and you're rejected right off the get-go or you're in a relationship for a while and, and it falls apart. But, but the Bible is very clear that we are supposed to be in relationships. I think it basically just comes down to love. I think the, the, the major risk that we have as believers is loving people and loving God. Loving people is, is probably one of the most riskiest things that we'll be called to do. And, but we need to love people sacrificially. And loving people sacrificially requires us to give up or make our resources vulnerable. Now that, that, that could be our time, it could be our money could be our hearts, could even be our lives. And I have a spoiler alert. God doesn't promise you that you will be paid back for anything that you risk or that things will turn out. Sometimes God's will for us is to fail. But how much more do we learn when we fail? How much more do we rely on God when things don't go well? I think in all risk we need to remember that God is in control and that we are not. And the cool thing about risk is God can't take risk because risk requires you to not really know the outcome. It, it, you know, God always knows what's going to happen. He always, but, but we can risk. And I think risk, when we consider it biblically, is a gift from God. It's, it's a gift from God for us to remember our place. That we are creation and that, that God is the creator. So I think when we consider risk, we can bring it back to James uh, 4, 13 through 15. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist appears for a little while and then vanishes and then he ends it with this instead you ought to say 
if it is the Lord's will. If it is the Lord's will, we will live or do this or that. So does the Lord will for us to take risk? I would say yes. Yes, he does. Now, what risk that you guys should be taking, I don't know. But I can guarantee that, the, that part of that risk is loving people. Um, that's, that's very evident in the, the Bible study I was doing here. So, I guess just to kind of conclude everything, it's, it's risk is okay when we're not risking our own stuff because we don't own any stuff. Risk is okay when it doesn't affect our life because our life cannot be taken away when we have life in Jesus. And risk is okay when it's for a short period of time. And when we compare our lives to eternal life, it is short. We can see through the Old Testament and the New Testament that that risk is evident in any believer. That you will have to take some type of risk. And when we don't know what risks we should be taking, God has given us resources uh, even beyond the Bible. We have our older generation and we have um, our, our prayer life. And I think we have an unavoidable risk is to love. And not superficial love, but a sacrificial love. And loving God and loving people is always risky. It always will be risky. Um, but risk reminds us who our God is and what he's capable of. So... That's what I found on risk. I guess if you could join me in prayer to close, that'd be great. Lord, uh, we thank you for today. We thank you um, that you always watch over us, that you can't take risk, but we can, Lord. We lay uh, the stuff that you have in our control at your feet. Lord, if there is somebody that, that we thought about that we need to love better or maybe we just need to love as Jesus better in a whole, I just ask that you're working in our hearts for that. Lord, I thank you for your scripture and the resources that you've given us. In your name we pray. Amen.